Hey guys, you're now listening to the Maranatha House Podcast. I'll pray for you real quick. Okay, How about thanks. That? that feels good. All right, so... Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for Monica. I just pray that you would bless her words. Father, calm her nerves. Uh, let every word that comes out of her mouth be a word directed by your Holy Spirit. I pray that she would uh, just trust the words and the history that she's had with you today as she's speaking and sharing. Um, and that she wouldn't be overcome with many things. But that she would be focused on you and uh, just allow you to move today. So... We just love you, and we honor you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Okay, so Pam talked last week about prayer and fasting and asked if I wanted to share something. And so I'm taking it, uh, we're still talking about prayer, but more the aspect of hearing the voice of the Lord in prayer. Um, so I... I was preparing the past two weeks and just felt like super attacked from the enemy, which is not surprising because I feel like the enemy does that. Um, but the enemy kept on telling me things like, be gentle, babe. The enemy was just telling me I'm unqualified and I'm a fraud and you like feel like all the imposter syndrome. So, feeling super imposter syndrome and fraudulent and, like, I'm not at my peak of hearing from the Lord, so why am I sharing this? But it was the thing the Lord put on my heart to share. And it was really cool because all week I felt tormented, but then in one second the Lord spoke to me and was like, the enemy can torment you and try to convince you of something, but he can't take away your history with me. And so I want you to fall back on your history with me. And so I was like, okay. But it was like, in one instance, I just had like an anchor to rest on. Every time the enemy would attack me, I was like, but I have history with him. You can't take it away. So that, I feel like, just goes to show how important it is to hear the voice of the Father for ourselves. And not just, I mean, it's awesome and beautiful to read scriptures, but there's even more where we can hear him personally and individually in our own walks with the Lord. Um, so... I wanted to start in Genesis, and you see the creation story. You see God speaks. It's like very common. He says, and God said, and all this stuff is created. And you see his omnipotence and his power. Um, and then he makes Adam and Eve, and he created them in his image. And one thing that I've learned is that God loved communion with himself within the Trinity, and so he created us to be like that. So we are designed innately in our beings to like love, connection with the Father, and communication with him. Um, so it was all perfect until we get to the fall. And if someone wants to read Genesis 3, 1 through 10. Got you. Thank you, sir. <coughs> Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that the Lord God had made, had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? 
And the woman said to the serpent, we may, not, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you, shall, you will surely not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, for that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the, then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord, call, the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. Wait. So, um, this is one of the only places, as far as I'm aware, where it literally says that God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. But you can, I can imagine that it was like a normal practice for them. I mean, it says that they heard the sound of the Lord. And I was just imagining like when my dad comes or comes home from work when I was still living with them. Like I knew his footsteps versus my mom's footsteps or like I knew when Maggie was coming home or whatever. And they recognized his voice. Um, and they, oops. So you think this is a common practice. So he didn't come to them just because they had sinned. He came to them because this was their ritual of walking and talking together it was their perfect design to share in communion together and they experienced this intimacy with God until they experienced guilt and shame for the first times um, because of their sin and they both hid themselves from God and then also from each other and you think of like Adam saying I heard your voice and I was afraid I was just contemplating on how that uh, the fear of the voice of the Lord because of our guilt and shame is a lot of times what can hinder us from pursuing him I know for me, like, when I was growing up, if I, I had a time when I was sneaking out of the house to go meet a young boy, and I wasn't supposed to be, and he definitely wasn't supposed to be, and so I would come home from sneaking out with my parents and be like, yeah, I had a great time with my friends, you know, whatever, and then I would just try to avoid them, because I would feel so nervous around them, I felt exposed, I felt uncomfortable, it's like, even if... Like, in current day, if I do something I know I shouldn't have, I walk into a room and I feel like everybody can see me. Like, I feel so gross and exposed, and, like, everybody's looking at me like, what's wrong with her? Even though they're not. Like, that's just our temperament. That's the natural thing to do is to hide. Um, uh, what's it so, um, the difference between God is that when we sin, he wants us to run to him instead of hide from him. He longs for us to come with our mess because he's, he knows he's the only one that can make the wrong things right. He offers forgiveness and justifies us, and he makes our paths straight. Um, can someone read First John 1, 9? I just have three quick verses just to kind of reiterate that. First John 1, 9, um, and then I have a Romans and a Proverbs. And I have three readers. 
Halloween. Okay, thank you. Get some Okay. Why outside first job? I can do one. First, what is it? Okay, yours will be Romans 5, 6 through 11. Um, oh, wait. Hold on that one. Don't do that one yet. That's for it. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> you can still do it, but look I'm going to just pull it up. Yeah, look at it in the NLT. And then your your verse will come. I know. It's just the way that they say things. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. There you go. What that verse? Five what? It's just this one. You said 6 through 11? Romans 5, 6 through 11. Yeah. We're going to read 1 John 1, 9, and then Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 first. Classic. Can you give me If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our, us our sins and to cleanse us all from unfaithfulness. My turn? Yes. Um, trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear Yahweh and turn away from evil. Does your version say Yahweh? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. What is that version? Legacy Standard Bible. Nice. What a legacy. I was going to um, read mine in the pigeon Bible. Nice. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> it might all the people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what you got? <laughs> So I was just thinking about like, um, oh, what was I thinking about? Sorry, guys. It's okay. Um, yeah, just going off of that, he longs us to come with our, our mess. Instead of us polishing ourselves up and trying to clean us up and like putting makeup on a cow or whatever the phrase is, like he doesn't want us to be fake. He wants us to be real and run to him. Um, I was listening to a podcast and they said, hiding is our natural reaction. But confession is the way we've been given this side of the cross where we undress ourselves and return to the naked and unashamed state like we were in the garden to remove all the places that I would want to hide so that God's healing can get to every last part of me. Confession is like a refusal to hide and a refusal to give in to the enemy. We want to run to the Father and fear keeping up appearances. David is a great example of this. He gives us more prayers than anyone else in the scriptures through the Psalms that I know of at least. Um, and it says that David was a man after God's own heart. I wonder if this is because whenever he found himself tempted to hide, he would run out of the brush to the Father. David confessed and confessed often. Running to the Father and keeping ourselves in communion with him instead of hiding in shame and guilt will be a way that we can grow in being a people after God's own heart. Okay, now you can read Romans 5, 6 through 11. In the NLT. I got the NLT. <laughs> the, only, the only difference is it used this word friends, and I loved it. So We did all this for one word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, while we were still sinners, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship <laughs> with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. Now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us 
friends of God. Yes. I can't what remember they, what the other version Yeah, said. I'm about to say, it what might the just say reconciled and reconciliation. Yeah, reconciled or reconciliation. Uh, which, that's a very appropriate word, obviously. But I loved the idea of it being more of like a tender thing. Because when I think of reconciled, it's like, I've done something wrong, but here I am, we're reconciled. It's we're proprietary. Good. But it's even, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like, it feels more than that. Like, he wants friendship with us. He didn't walk with Adam and even the garden with like business matters to discuss, like maybe they did, but it was more than that. It was friendship, it was communion, it was oneness. Um, I, I remember someone saying like, the definition of intimacy, Webster says that it's the closeness of two people, but some the person said that they heard the Lord say that that was wrong and that it's oneness between two people. And that's what God wants with us, is that oneness. Uh, just like a marriage, to become one. The Lord wants that. We're the bride, and he's the bridegroom. That's the same analogy he used over and over in scriptures. Um, and I think this, the guilt and shame that we experience when we sin can make ourselves count us out. Um, but there is nothing we can do, good or bad, to that makes us worthy or allows us to be in the presence of God. Only the blood of Jesus justifies us and calls us worthy. We can't be smart enough, and we can't be dumb enough. Or we can't be good enough, we can't be bad enough. Praise the Lord. Nothing disqualifies us from his presence um, because Jesus paid it all. So if you're asking yourself or feeling like, I'm not worthy, you're really saying that what he did wasn't enough. Like, he's not worthy enough. So I want to be careful with how we look at ourselves because Jesus said that we are worthy. His blood justifies us. Which is like, just if I never sinned. Because um, I feel like our we're going to start talking about discipleship in the next couple weeks. And discipling others. And if we have a false view of ourselves. And we're like constantly saying, like I'm not worthy. like I don't deserve this. But I think we're going to portray a different type of gospel message to people. And so I really want us to be anchored in the fact that. We are worthy because of his blood, not because of anything he did. And that's not false humility. Like, humility is saying, like, he called me worthy. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's so beautiful. Um, and the Father knows the enemy is going to try to attack our identity because that's something that's so precious to the Lord. Um, and the enemy always attacks things that are precious to the Lord. Um, and if he can get us to doubt who we are or who God is, then we'll have a foothold in our lives and then he'll make way to attack. Then um, we'll be like double-minded man, unstable in all of our ways. So, yeah. Or Proverbs. Does it say in James too? Probably it in Proverbs. Probably. Yeah. This is like New Testament Proverbs. It really Yeah. So I started in Genesis and then I kind of hopped over to when Jesus is starting his ministry. And he goes and he is going to be baptized by John the Baptist. And God spoke to Jesus out loud, it says. A voice came down from heaven. Um, and it began, Jesus' journey through ministry started with identity being proclaimed over him. Can somebody read Matthew three sixteen and 17? <laughs> And when Jesus was baptized, he immediately went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove.
dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So if Jesus heard the Father and was secured in his identity, how much more do we, as total humans, need to hear the voice of the Father speak our own identity over us? And how much more that could lead and guide us and give us comfort and security to know that we're precious and beloved and called children of God and that God has specific things that he wants to speak to you that aren't even written, like they'll, they'll reflect the heart of the scriptures, but they're not even written in scriptures because he's alive and breathing and active still today. You can see my One of the teachings that I listened to this week was a, a guy named Kirk Bennett. And he told this story that I feel like was a good analogy of, like, the father speaking to us. And he said that when his wife was pregnant with one of their daughters, he would, like, sing to his wife's belly while the baby was inside. And studies show that it can help develop the kid and, like, uh, they can hear it. It's amazing. So it came for the baby to be born one day. And... The baby was like laying in the little glass or plastic bassinet that's in the hospital and started just like screaming and like so tense. Their bodies like tense up so much. And he just like brought his little pinky over to the baby and she grabbed it and he started singing the song that he had sang to the baby's or to the wife's belly while the baby was inside. And the baby instantly like calmed down and was just like rushed with peace. And he was saying that like the baby felt peace but I felt this amazing joy in recognizing that my daughter knew my voice. Even from before, like, we had gotten to know one another. Thank you. And because we are, God spoke us into existence, because we're created beings, we have that within us where we will recognize the voice of our Father. Because He's our Creator. Um, And it's beautiful for us to hear the voice of the Lord. Um, and I think that's ultimately what gives him like the most pleasure. I don't know if I don't know if that's true. That's just my thoughts. I think he loves uh, speaking to us, and he loves when we speak to him. But I think he loves even more when we're communing and we actually hear from him, because that's what changes our lives. Yeah, uh, just to add on to that, like scripturally, Jesus asked the disciples at one point, like, "So who do people say that I am?" Yeah. And challenge of like, do you have an opinion? What is your opinion? Peter, of course, flares out, you're the son of God, you know, you're Christ. And Jesus is like, blessed are you. You didn't come up with this yourself, the Father revealed it to you. And it's just a really cool analogy of like, the Lord wants to hear our voice. Um, not just like what everyone says about us. It took me a minute to catch on. About him. Yeah. We can watch Wheels on the Bus. Like the he wants to hear personally from you. How you feel about <laughs> yeah, we'll do it later. So, sorry. So, going off that, I just kept on thinking about like obviously we're raising Harvey and Shepard, and we've taught them how to do their deep breaths. <laughs> we've taught them how to do deep breaths when their emotions are getting really big and too big to handle. And when I see Harvey do a deep breath, I'm sure she feels, like, calmer, but I get, like, sorry, look Hold on one second, baby. Strong dad. 
It's amazing. Yeah. I want to be lifted like that. Yeah. <laughs> Into my arms. I would break my shoulder if I tried to pick her up. Like, yeah. Hey, where are you going? So I, I get like joy seeing Harvest learn from me and apply what I've taught her. Because I know in the end it's directing her. It feels like a fruit of my love. And I feel like the Lord feels the same way. Like when I'm feeling anxious, something I need to do is take deep breaths. Sometimes I'll re recite Psalms 23 over myself just because it helps me calm down. And I know that because it's the fruit of my love with him, he's so pleased in what's happening. Because it's like, oh, she's getting it. Like she's listening. She understands. I gave her tools and she's using them. How beautiful is that? Um, and I just want to like reiterate the power in his uh, words. Can Ian, can you read John 6, 63? And then someone else, can you read Hebrews 4, 12? John 6, 63. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yeah, and that's Jesus talking. So his words are of totally spirit and their life and truth. You said 412? 412, yeah. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm -hmm. And I looked up the word, word, because every time I've read that before it says the word of God, I just only pictured it being the scriptures. The word is logos and it could just be the scriptures, but logos also means like uh, discourse or the act of speaking and things like that. So I believe that the word of God, just like when I was struggling so much with anxiety or like overthinking this week, uh, the word of the Lord came to me and said, you can't take away your history. And it was like it cut through the crap. And so it was like a sharp two inches sword. Yes. I believe that's also the same word used in John at the beginning when the word is the, the word is with God mm -hmm. and of God, etc. used of Christ. Yeah. Yeah powerful word um i have one last little section of scripture it's a little bit longer it's john 10 14 through 30 do i have a volunteer or i can read it too i mean i'll always volunteer okay <laughs> between these two. Yeah, that's nice. You said 10? John 10, 14 through 30. Never had to read anything over at Southside. They always did. <laughs> it's true. Always yeah. those two. Yeah. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep which are not from this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but myself. But for myself I lay it down. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I receive from my Father. A division occurred again among the Jews because of these words. And, and many of them were saying, He is a demon and is insane. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, These are not the words of someone demon-possessed. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And at, at that time, the Feast of Dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us openly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you did, do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these bear witness of me. 
but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish ever, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I am the Father. stands out is my sheep hear my voice they know me and I know them and they obey me um it like it sets us apart it's a sign of a fruit like it's a sign of believing him and obeying him that we hear his voice it sets us apart as believers so what happens when you don't hear his voice because that happens there was a time like Growing up, I don't think I heard his voice until I was like 18 years old, but I've been following him since I was like four. So did that mean I wasn't a Christian? No, it doesn't mean it. I just didn't develop that discipline or practice even listening to his voice. I didn't even know that I could hear it for myself. I thought it was like for him to speak to pastors only, and then maybe they could tell me. It was very like elitist in the church that I grew up in. So it was... It wasn't even something I knew was possible. But that doesn't mean that if I died, I would go to hell because I didn't hear his voice. That's not accurate. It doesn't say that in the gospel. There's nothing I could do or can't do that will, like, end my salvation. It's believing loyalty alone that will end Jesus' blood that saves us. Um, so um, there's been times also in my life, like, after I started hearing the voice of the Lord, when it's been a quiet season, and I'll ask and ask and ask and ask. And there was a time a couple months ago when Harvey didn't sleep for almost like two weeks straight. And I was like begging the Lord. I was like praying that he would help her sleep and that he would just like make all the wrong things right. And like he didn't at the time, like he didn't answer my prayers, I felt. And so over the course of the time, my trust in him was going down. And I just felt like, am I just supposed to pray to like make me feel better? I know people that aren't even believers have things that they do to make themselves feel better. So like, is this all just like for nothing? I was like contemplating everything because I was exhausted. Um, but the Lord, uh, Cameron prayed over me one day because I was just struggling a lot with anger after being so exhausted. And as he prayed over me, I don't even know what he said. But the Lord, I felt like a whisper in my heart of the Lord saying that he wanted to rebuild his trust with me. And it like just made me break down and weep because I realized that I had subconsciously stopped trusting him. And over the course of a few like unanswered prayers in a time of like feeling really desperate, um, I just felt super alone. But the Lord knew that he wasn't like playing dumb. And he was like, I wanna rebuild your trust. And literally the next couple days after that, he answered such specific prayers. Like, I told my friend, I hope that she had, she was hanging out with a new friend and she's barely lonely. And I was like, I pray that she's a kindred spirit. And the girl looked at my friend and was like, I feel like we're kindred spirits. And so my friend came back to me and she was like, she literally said kindred spirits. And I was like, oh. So she didn't know that that like meant so much to me because the Lord was working on like, not that he has to work to earn our trust back. He doesn't owe that to us, but he wants that with us. Just like if your spouse betrayed you, like you would want to work to earn back trust. Or if there's a miscommunication, you work to build that back up. Are you laughing at me? No, he gives me this. <laughs> betrayed me. <laughs> you betrayed. <laughs> yeah. But 
it's like so important, I feel like, to, if you trust someone, you're going to listen to them more. And if you listen to them, you're going to obey and actually believe what they say and know that they're trustworthy. Um, there's also a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 25.2, that says, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. Or we can say that it's our glory. So sometimes the Lord will, like, tuck away an answer, and it's our job to go find it out. So it may not be an answer for right now. Like, I might ask him for something, but it might not be answered immediately. And it makes the, when he does answer, it makes that time even sweeter. It's like you've been waiting, and there's, like, this pent-up, like, passion. Like, I have to know. I have to know this answer. Or, like, I need your direction, or I need to know what you say about me, or something like that. And when he finally answers, it's just, like, the floodgates are open, and there's, like, so much victory and celebration. We're a very, like, instant gratification culture, and the Lord is not. So, um, also in a practical sense, the Lord says to cast our cares on him. And so sometimes when I haven't heard him before, he just wants me to literally tell him, Lord, I feel disappointed that I'm not hearing from you because he cares about that stuff. And if I pretend like I'm okay, then I'm putting up a wall. It's like I'm sewing more fig leaves on and putting them on myself because I'm aware of my nakedness. But the Lord's like, no, I want all of you. I want you unashamed. No matter how messy you are or how clean you are, I want you to come before me and just like be fully exposed. And so he'll literally have me sit there and write down everything that's burden burdening my heart. And even my sin burdens my heart. So I'll have to like spill all that in front of him. But then I feel so close with him. I feel so loved and cherished. I never leave a time with the Lord feeling worse about myself. Because he always speaks our identity over us. Um, <clears throat> so I... I wanted also to go through like a little timeline of what it looked like when I was hearing from the Lord. I don't know. Just in case. Some of y'all might hear from the Lord daily and easily, and some of you might never have heard his voice before. I don't know where everyone's at. So I thought I would just give like a little a timeline. Hey, how about you go give it to Daddy? Can you go give it to your dad or Mr. John? And he can, he can read it to you and Kennedy Rose and Sheppy. Hey, Harvest. You need to go to Daddy now, okay? Go in your room. Say, Daddy, look at this bear. <laughs> no, you're fine. Let's read it. She likes me. Yeah, oh, she loves you. <laughs> she wouldn't do that with everybody. Um, so, like I said a little bit ago, I grew up in a church where there was a pastor uh, who said that I stand in the stead of God, like verbatim. That's what he said. And so our relationship with God was through this man. And that's not healthy. So, yeah, in a way, actually, I think he was saved out of Catholicism. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's wild to think about. Um, so I just didn't know. I felt like I loved the Lord. And I was, like, so tender. And I have all these, like, passionate journal entries of, like, I'll die for you, Lord. And... Like, I really meant it. I really loved him. I just didn't ever hear him that I know of. I probably was hearing him. I just didn't acknowledge it. Um, <clears throat> so there was a time my family left that church. Like, a bunch of stuff got exposed. A lot of really evil, corrupt sexual sins going on in the church. My family finally escapes. But it was the only church I ever knew. So my foundation is, like, super rocky. And my parents are both, like, deconstructing and not going to church at all. They don't even know if they really believe in God. And so I'm like... But I've had these experiences. I don't want to deny him. 
Um, and so I just was like, I had started going to a youth group on my own and they were encouraging me that I have a personal relationship with the Lord that's not dependent on my family. Like whether my parents believe in him or not doesn't determine whether I have to believe in him or not. And so I started, I was like praying one night and just like crying my eyes out. Like, Lord, I need to hear from you. I want a verse from you and I want to know what you say over me or something like that. And I flipped my Bible open, I put my finger down and it was Zephaniah 3.17, which I had never read the book of Zephaniah before. I had never even heard of the book of Zephaniah before. I was about to say, I'm going to be real honest with you. I no. did not know there was a I, book named Zephaniah. No, I didn't either. It's there though. Old Testament. Wow. And it says... I might be paraphrasing, but it says that he rejoices over you with loud singing and he dances over you wildly. And I was like, holy crap. Like I asked the Lord to show me what he feels about me. And he's like, I love you. Like I'm singing over you. I'm dancing over you. It wasn't even just like, I love you. You're my child. It was like radical love. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it happened again later where like, I felt like he was reforming my identity. And my brother, I was living in sin. I was doing bad things. And um, I was still trying to pursue him, but I just had a rebellious uh, streak going on. And my brother came to me, and he was like, have you ever read Song of Solomon before? And I was like, no, that's like about sex and stuff. I don't read that. And uh, he was like, no, it's actually like a really cool analogy of the bride and the bridegroom, which we are with Christ. And there's a part where the bridegroom... Jesus is saying to the bride, you've captured my heart, my sister, my bride. With one glance of your eyes, I'm like, to I can't remember the rest of the thing. It like makes his, makes his heart explode. And so my brother told me, you know, every time you think of the Lord, he lets himself be like totally in love with you. Even just one little quick thought about him as you go through your day, even though my brother knew what I was doing and how I was living. And he was like, if you just give him one second, you make his heart explode. Like, he's not playing dumb. He's not like, oh, I don't know anything that's going on. He knows everything. And yet he decides that he's going to fully love us because he is love. Um, and so hearing that someone speak a word from the Lord to me, that changed my life radically. Like I can tell you, I was never the same after having that revelation of the Lord. Um, and then that led to me getting these books. Um, Y'all know the Helsers, Jonathan, David, and Melissa Helser. They um, are worship leaders, and they run a camp in South Carolina or North Carolina. It's called The Place for the Heart. And um, they have a ministry called The 18-Inch Journey where they try to get head knowledge to your heart and make you, like, really grow in your identity and the Lord. Um <clears throat> So they have these beautiful books, um, and the first one, it's like volume number one, it's all about uh, interacting with the Father. And so those books, they have these like beautiful guided entries, they have poems, they have songs, they have like people processing their journals, things like that. And at the end of every one, there's um, a prompt for you. So I would read these journal entries. I was like so into aesthetics. So I would like sit in the beautiful spot in my room with my candle and my window open and the breeze blowing. I would have my wool sweater on and my beautiful pen. Like it was like such a moment. Um, it doesn't have to be like that. This is just manufacturing your spirituality. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
It doesn't have to be like that. Of the whole <laughs> yeah, that was the Holy Spirit. No, that was the wind. Um, <laughs> but the Lord met me because he like, I think he just saw how much I cared. Um, so they would have these questions like, God, what do you think about me? Wait for his response and journal it. And so I, I learned after like doing this every day for months, sometimes multiple times a day, I would talk to the Lord. And I learned to ask a question and expect a response. Because before I would like hear him in moments or not hear him at all. And then I'm like put in this place where I'm asked to have faith. Because faith is the thing, the sub- hope for, what is it? The sub- things, hope things hoped for. Yeah. So I have to hope for someone that I can't even see to speak to me. That takes a lot of faith. Um, and you kind of have to let go of your dignity a little bit. Because it might look crazy to some people. Sorry, baby. Um, but I would wait. I would journal my question out. And then I would just wait. And then all of a sudden, words would start flowing into my heart. And I would just start writing and writing and writing. And the point was getting it all out. It wasn't making sense of what was written. It wasn't like, and he's going to tell you something radical right then and there. And don't add one single sentence. It was like, um, just get everything out. Sometimes I'd be like... Um, I love you, my child. Do the laundry later. And, like, have to get all the, like, crazy busy thoughts out of my head. But it was just how it flowed. And I would look back at my writing and see, like, all the things that the Lord said to me. I've got, like, probably, I've been journaling regularly with the Lord for, I don't know, eight or nine years now. So I've got, like, probably 40 journals full of just, like, the Lord speaking to me. And he didn't say anything to me that... Is like going to be radical if I share it to someone else, probably. Um, but it, it changed my life, like, drastically. I was single at the time, and so I'm, like, longing for a husband. And I, there was a time when I was like, God, are you, like, sick of me asking you about this? I was like, I'm never sick of you. Like, do you not understand love? <laughs> love is patient and kind and gentle. And so he was just like, the fact that you're coming to me makes my heart explode. I want time with you. I'm not asking you to be perfect with me. Um, so, what was I going to say? That's something I encourage y'all to do. I'll go through a couple other practical steps, but journaling the voice of the Lord was the easiest way and the most effective way for me, as of right now in my faith, to hear the Lord. I'm working on hearing him in a context like this, where it's distracting or busy, or like if I have someone in a prayer circle and I'm trying to practice listening to him there. But for me building up that ritual of knowing what his voice sounds like when I feel it come into my heart, that'll make it so much easier in a real-life setting when I'm praying over someone or talking to the lady at the grocery store. Um, and you're building trust with him. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. Does anybody want to read that? I'll let you read. A what? Habakkuk? Habakkuk? However you want to say that. Yeah. What did you say? 1 through 3. What chapter? Oh, verse. okay. Chapter 2, 1 through 3. Okay. I will take my stand at my, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to you and what I will answer concerning my complaints. The Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that you may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. And if it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. 
So this is like kind of a picture of what I was doing. I was being still. I was waiting for the voice of the Lord. I was fixing my eyes on him. Um, there's meditation that you can do to help you kind of not empty your thoughts, but get rid of the busy thoughts and just solely fix your eyes on him. Um, and then whatever you hear, write it down, even the spontaneous thoughts. And then uh, I think the main thing is like being patient. Because sometimes he speaks quickly and it like is beautiful, but sometimes it just takes time. So making sure that you're giving the Lord time. Um, <clears throat> like I was saying, my relationship with him now looks different because I can't live aesthetically all the time. I have kids that are running and jumping and climbing and pooping. <laughs> like I can't, I just can't set up my beautiful candle and have my windows open and kumbaya. Um, so my relationship with him right now, because I've spent time with him during <laughs> Uh, now I can hear him in these little quick moments. And he told me the other week, like, I'm longing for these, like, frilly words, but what I need right now is concrete. And he's like, you need an anchor. You don't need me to give you all these superfluous, beautiful things that you needed at one time. You need concrete because right now your emotions are this big and your mind feels this crazy, so you need something to land on. You need logic. And so he talks to me right now very quickly and uh, not like unkindly, but just like stop. Don't say that. You're gossiping. Stop. And I'm like, oh, fuck it. sorry, Lord. Um, or like if I'm getting angry at Harvey for when she's being having uncontrolled of her emotions, he's like, be gentle with your child. I'm like, okay, I'll be gentle with my child. But because I trust him when he was beautiful and like wooing my heart when I was falling in love with him, I trust him now when he's like, stop, stop, stop. Please stop. You're gonna regret that. I promise you, you'll regret it. Um, let's see. And, uh, hopefully this is an okay thing to say, but there was a guy who was talking, well, maybe I won't say that. After you speak with the Lord, your whole day can be changed. It's like when you have a really good conversation with your friend or like you feel connected with your husband or wife. Like, you have that intimate, like, moment, and I feel like you can take on anything through the day. Um, that's how I felt when the Lord spoke to me with this teaching. Like, I might be nervous before I do it, and that's going to be fine. It's not wrong to be nervous. But I, he gave me the confidence that I needed. And I felt, like, inspired, and I felt alive. He speaks life into our hearts. Um... <laughs> I have other ideas if you're, like, not sure of how to hear from the Lord. I'm still practicing a lot of these. One thing as simple as, like, praying the Lord's Prayer and just praying that out loud and kind of expounding on each part. So, uh, our Father, <laughs> let me say it right, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And expound on that. Give us this day our daily bread. Ask for what you need. Forgive our sins. And then go ahead and repent. Right. And, um, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation like literally just say it like put yourself in there put your name in the scriptures right. and like make it very personal right. and doing that on a regular basis you'll begin to feel I believe you'll begin to feel like little prompts from the Lord um, it's good to ask him specific questions um, ask him to say your name like the story of Samuel Samuel heard the Lord say Samuel, Samuel and he's like going to his mentor and he's like what do you want the guy's like that's not me go back to bed Samuel, Samuel and so he's like what do you want from me 
And then he, Eli, the mentor, right, Eli? Yeah, Eli yeah. Tells him to go to the Lord, and it's like, the Lord's calling your name. Ask him what he wants with you. Right. And so then Samuel's like, okay, Lord, here I am. What do you want from me? And we can have similar experiences like that with the Lord. Because I wonder if we hear him say our name, if we'll be ready to hear the rest of what he has to say, too. I like what you said about when you said about praying a word of prayer. Wow. So pray it out loud. Mm-hmm. I think that's really big when it comes to hearing the voice of the Lord. Like, you just sit in your head. Yeah. You just pray in your head. Like, Lord's probably not going to talk to you in, like, an audible voice. Right. And it's really easy to, like... I don't know, if you pray out loud, it differentiates, I think, a lot yeah, it does. It's, it's easier for people. Yeah, which is why, like, with journaling, I feel like, in a way, I'm praying out loud, but in a different way. Yeah, yeah. That makes no, sense. I think journaling is good. Yeah. Sense. But, yeah, wish, praying out loud, it, it, like, it does so much <laughs> work yeah. in the spiritual realm. Realm. Plus, nobody in the Bible ever didn't play a pray out loud. Yes. Right, just if you're just mm. noticing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he prayed to himself in his head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so interesting. I never really yeah. thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going down the trail. Yeah. Um, like even after the Holy Spirit thing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm sure they did pray in their head, but most of the time it's not mentioned. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime it's mentioned, it's not. Yeah. It's not exemplified. It's right. Yeah. Point, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, if you have time, go to a secret place, have a journal, write down all the busy thoughts until there's nothing left, then wait and see if he speaks. A lot of times I ask him, God, is there something you want to say to me? Like, I'll journal all my stuff out, and I'm like, sorry, I didn't let you say anything. Is there something you want to say, Lord? And he's like, thank you for waiting. Uh, or thank you for asking. I've been wanting to tell you this for so long. And then I'll say something that's, like, totally contrary to all the stuff I journal. And I'm like, well, that's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any other ways that y'all hear from him that you feel like are effective? Or? Uh, not being... So, I don't know, this might not land with everybody, but I can never hear the Lord as well at home as I can elsewhere, especially traveling. Um, And I don't really know what that's about. I don't know if it's that my defenses are down when I'm at home versus when when I'm not at home, I'm a lot more like, I don't know, I have to feel like I have to trust the Lord more or I feel more vulnerable in a way because I'm, yeah, I don't know. But that's just, Maybe that's a me thing. You said same. Yeah. But yeah, like if I'm traveling, it, it almost doesn't even matter where I am. I can hear the Lord better. Wow, that's so wild. Yeah, I, I can't tell you why exactly, but that's, that's always cool. always been my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Always. You just need to get away. Yeah. I have to get in my phone. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sure. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. My phone makes sense. It's like I'm, eh. <clears throat> this is where I say like I pray in my head a lot, and I will pray out loud in between. But there's a lot of like conversation that happens in my head. Yeah. Um, while I'm just driving. Because I have, it's almost like my undivided attention's on him, <laughs> even though I'm here. <laughs> 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 pretty often that I'm like, how did I get here? I don't remember driving past anything here. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's a time that I feel like I enjoyed. And then also just like you talked about, I, I love getting up early in the morning. There's something about getting up early in the morning, and that one thing I've been practicing uh, off and on for the past like year probably is just being quiet and like not rushing, like taking time and like waiting because I can often want to get something from the secret place, 
so that I can talk about it in public and be like, oh yeah, look at what God did. Like this was so good. Wow. Instead of like just letting it be a secret thing, letting it just be a thing between you and him. So that's one way I've been practicing. Solitude. You said your car. Mm-hmm. You said traveling. My, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, it is I, weird. <laughs> I, like I don't. It's not that I don't like hear the Lord at, at when I'm at home. It's just like, but it's like one of those things. It's like I'm more apt to hear it like if I'm like out and about or like in a different place or a foreign place. It's mm-hmm. not my home. That's cool though. Like you need them a lot in those situations. Right. I think it's fantastic. It's funny because like. I find the opposite for me when I'm journaling. I used to journal a lot. Yeah. And then I realized at one point, like, I would do a really good job of, like, spewing all my thoughts to the Lord onto paper and then spend no time listening to Him. Yeah. And for me, it just wasn't productive enough to continue to do it. Um, so if, if I'm journaling, it's like, well, this is really good for me to get my thoughts out. Yeah. But then I'm really bad at the follow. Right. So. Yeah. Well, it takes a lot of energy to get all the other stuff out. Yeah, yeah. My hand cramps. You referenced yeah. New Living Translation earlier. Um, so there's one verse that I love specifically in that translation. It's Jesus is like, blessed are the poor in spirit, they shall see God. In New Living it says, blessed are those who recognize their need for him. Mm. Yeah. And that it hits different. Yeah. <laughs> it hits so much different. Yeah. So I, th- I think about like it, the idea of like traveling and stuff. I think that's what a lot of it comes down to. Is, like, you feel you feel more alone automatically. You feel more uncomfortable automatically. And just feel really just yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is like he has his own individual walks with each of us mm-hmm. ideally. And so what works for you might not work for me, and what works for you might not work for you, and, right. like, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, can you um, um, Someone, oh, yeah. Oh, I would just say, like, adding into that, one of the biggest things, whether it's, because everybody's different, like, we talk about writing down, like, the journaling part, and I find that writing things down a lot of times might be in cramps. And like, oh, I have to get your typewriter. But yeah. one of the, the biggest <laughs> things that I, yeah, that's true, <laughs> is writing things down so that you can have record of it. We're gonna share them with the Because there's a lot of things that the Lord speaks to us that don't come to fruition until like years later. And I think a lot of times we expect like the Lord spoke to me to happen tomorrow. <laughs> like, that's just our natural inclination. He's I'm like, about I'm going to build, I'm going to build you up, and I'm going to bring increase to you. It's like, oh, that's a d- dope word. I love that. Yeah. And then by the end of the week, we're like, where's that increase? I haven't seen that increase. Yeah. Actually, I saw a lot of decrease yeah, yeah, yeah. specifically for my checking, you know, yeah. account. And so, but I think uh, if we can have record, like I love going back and looking at like old journals that I have or old things that I wrote because I'm like reminded. There's a word that I got at uh, a church a long time ago mm-hmm. that I had written down. I'm so glad I did because at the time it made no sense. Even the person who was given the word, it made no sense. But uh, they said something about me being like a spiritual firefighter and that like he just saw me like walking into spiritual fires and like carrying people out. Mm-hmm. And like I was like, that's cool. I can see that going a multitude of different ways. Mm-hmm. We'll just see how it ends up. And... Um, 
what it's come to fruition as over the last five to seven years, something like that, since I got the word, because I can't remember how long ago it was. But uh, it's like a lot of my ministry has been towards people who have been hurt by the church. And like, that's the spiritual fire, is bringing people out of this, the, the fires going on in churches, bad churches, unhealthy churches. And so like... Could have used that a decade ago. Right, right. I'm like, I wish I knew what it meant. But yeah. the Lord wants to build a history and trust with us. And for our own sake, like we talked about the whole practice of Zahor, the remembering throughout the whole Old Testament that talks about Zahor, remember, like build a monument to remember this time the Lord did something in your life. Think of how many words you've gotten if all of them came to fruition. How much faith you'd have to see. Man, the Lord came through on every single one of these words. Yeah. And I don't want to reach the end of my life and not have those words like accounted for, you. you know. Unanswered yeah. prayers are like worthless. I want to see where the Lord answered it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think it's important
God, what do you think of me? Why do you love me? Father, thank you for the season I'm in right now. In the scary as well as the beautiful, you long for me to know you better. Which parts of your nature are you uncovering for me in this season? We have the greatest gift of friendship with the Holy Spirit. I love to think on the truth that we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother and loves at all times. Remind your heart of these truths by reading Proverbs 18.24 and Proverbs 17.17. 17. Then take a few minutes to ask the Holy Spirit, what is special about our relationship? Father, show me something wonderful about us. Wait and journal his response to you. Write God an honest prayer from your heart. It can be a prayer of deep thanksgiving or adoration. It can be a prayer of lamentation or a prayer of sorrow. It can be a beautiful prayer or a disheveled and jumbled prayer. Most importantly, let it be an honest prayer. After you've finished, read your prayer out loud to the Father and then wait for him to respond to you. Father, is there a lie I'm believing about myself or about you that's hindering our relationship? Wait for a response and journal what you feel the Lord is saying. If he tells you what the lies are, then ask him to reveal the whole truth about yourself in him. God promises that he never leaves us or forsakes us. So what about the times when we felt totally alone? The times when we got wounded and hurt or even abused? We can ask him where he was, even at the worst moments. A prayer could go something like this. God, you say you never leave me or forsake me. Help me to trust that this is true. Where were you when blank happened? God, is there a song that you think of when you think of me? Father, are there any characteristics in me that are just like you? God, is there anything you want to say to me? And then the last one is, Abba, do you ever get tired of me asking the same questions over and over again? So I'll just share those if you in your own personal time and that you don't even have to use them. But I just thought those are some of the questions that like helped me start the conversations with God the more I actually heard him for the first time. So that is all. Maybe I should pray. And then we can be okay. Um, Abba, thank you so much for our time together, thank you that we each get a history with you. Thank you that even though it's not really about us, you include us in this beautiful story with you. Um, I pray that you are just glorified and honored and that from these conversations that we've had, that we would all practice hearing your voice even more. Um, I pray that our ears would be open and that our eyes would be open and that we would learn more about your character and more about the ways that you love us and then we would pour it out onto others around us. I pray over our food, let it bless and nourish our bodies, and let us just keep growing together as a family and friends. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, before we rush, does anybody have any like questions or comments or anything they want to add on? Go. Thank you, babe. Yeah. Well done. Thank you all for being patient with me. Great job. Amen. amen. Look at that. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have been blessed by today's teaching. And as always, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus.